0: This episode of Deep in the Weeds is proudly supported by Kookaburra, making it easy to start, run and grow a ready-made meals business.
1: When people ask the question, um, what is Kookaburra, um, the way I describe it is it's a platform that's designed to make it easy for um, a home cook, local food store, chef, catering company, whatever it might be, make it easy and provide an end-to-end solution for them to start and run and grow their their ready-made meals or home-cooked meals business. This
0: is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Hospitality venues and food stores have always been about connection, whether providing a space for people to break bread or creating connections with the local community as a hub for sustenance and social interaction. Technology, at first glance, seemed far removed from that human-to-human connection, but the last few years have changed that mindset as tech companies emerge with a focus on that all-important heart of hospitality, connection. Nick Lewis is the co-founder of Cookaburra. Nick, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks, Huck.
0: Tech is seen as cold, data-based businesses, but that's not true of the emerging tech companies like yours.
1: No, it, it, it's not. I think um, what what we have built and, and what we've um, what we've sort of put our our focus on is is creating software that that makes life easier for for a food business owner. Um, but at the same time as making life easier for the food business owner through technical platform and um, and clever engineering and and features and functions, um, one of the things we're we're very mindful of is the importance of maintaining that connection between the cook or the business owner and and their end customer. And the the starting point for Kookaburra was, was really Um, a local home cook that we were using and and we saw the connection between this local cook and and her customers and at the same time we saw how hard it was for her to be doing what she was doing but in in helping her and building a solution you know the one thing we kept hearing from her was the importance of not losing that that connection between herself and her customers so at the same time that we've been trying to build clever tech we've also been trying to build clever tech that that keeps that connection alive
0: Well you mentioned that just briefly, the start of Cookaburra. Take us back to that story and and how it all it all began.
1: Yeah. Okay. So so the the background of Cookaburra. There's three co-founders in the business. So it's myself. Um, there's Lyndon Galvin and and then um, Larissa Lewis, who's also my wife. So my family and and um, Lyndon's family. We were we were living on the same street. We we were neighbours. I think we were about sort of three or four doors apart. And um, and we had this great little sort of collection of, of, of households and friends. And our door was open to their door and the kids would be running in and out each day. And, and at a certain point in time, we, we started cooking meals for each other each week as a way to sort of make it easier on, on each household um, and not have to worry about meal prep every night of, of, of every day of every week. So we would take it in turns once a week of cooking for a couple of other households. And it was really a great way to sort of build the connection between the neighbours, but also just to lighten the load of, you know, busy lives. Uh, And it also meant that we were getting good food on the table that was home cooked, but you just weren't having to cook it yourself. And we did that for a little while, um, but even that started to become a challenge as, you know, people suddenly couldn't cook one week and trying to change schedules and move things around. So that led us to... um, to finding a, a local home cook. So this was a, a lady who was working out of her registered home kitchen and each week she would send out a menu via email to her customer base and there would only ever be two items on the menu each week. So it was really, really small and they'd just be sort of family friendly meals. And she would send this this email out and say, this is what I'm cooking this week. And you'd get the email pretty much at the same time every week. And she'd give you you know two or three days to, to, to order your meals. And then a few days after that you you'd either go and pick up your meals or she would deliver them to your door and we we loved it because what it meant was that each week on a you know let's say a Wednesday or a Thursday we'd place an order for meals that we knew were going to arrive um early the following week and, and then for for um for the cook it meant that she was able to only ever cook what was ordered um, by only having a few small, um, or few items on the menu, she was able to you know, be in control of what she cooked. She could have dedicated cooking time, uh, and, and then really make it work through the efficiencies of, of no food wastage. But at the same time that she was doing that, we could also see just how difficult it was for her. And you know, we got to know her well because she would deliver meals each week, and um, and and we started to identify that as great as it was, she was also having lots of lots of challenges with managing. Her business and all the administration side of it, and from that, that led us to sort of sit down and go, "Well, actually, maybe there's maybe there's a, an opportunity here to build something that would help a, a business like this." Um, and if we did build it, is it something that could be used not just by the local home cook, but is it something that could be used by you know food stores, catering companies, chefs, you know anyone that's wanting to start their own. Food business under what we call a, a ready-made meals or a, or a batch model of, of cooking.
0: What were the challenges when you first uh, were getting started with Cookabara?
1: Um, the challenges for us were, you know, we we were all working in our in our day jobs, um, and we, you know, we were doing other things, and so this it really started as an idea, um, and. You know, the challenge then is, do you have the level of conviction to, to, I guess, give up the safety and security of what you, what you're doing? Um, and, you know, step off the ledge and and start to build your own thing. So, um, you know, in the very early days, um, having the confidence and the courage to start something from nothing was was definitely the biggest challenge so even with a strong belief in the idea um it was still only an idea and you know you think is this going to work isn't going to work and giving up day jobs and all the security of that with young families that was certainly a a challenge um and the other thing that we you know was both a, a positive and also something that sort of kept us awake at night was when we were looking at starting Kookaburra and thinking about the idea and mapping it all out, we, we had a look around to see if anyone else was doing what we were doing, not just locally in Australia, but we, we looked around in, into other markets and we couldn't see anyone else doing what, what we thought would work. So that was both exciting because you go, hey, here's a great o- opportunity to do something that no one else is doing. And then on the other hand, you're like, well, hang on, no one else is doing this, so, so maybe it's not a, not a good idea. So we definitely had massive moments of doubt and uncertainty in the early days. Um, and then – once we made the decision to do it, um, which meant, as I said, giving up our paid jobs and, and starting to fund the business from our own savings, the challenge then just becomes about, you know, where do you start? How do you, how do you build something that doesn't exist yet? There's literally just three of you and an idea. So that was certainly also one of the challenges was just getting started and thinking about the team and thinking about what do you do first? What do you do second and not getting overwhelmed with, what at times felt like an enormous task. And, and to do that, we just, we took it one step at a time. You know, we set short-term goals. We identified sort of what our priorities were, even down to a weekly level. Um, and then from weekly to monthly and from monthly to quarterly. And I think by breaking it down and then making continual progress, it, it always felt like we were heading in the right direction and, and moving forward
0: as you were building the business in those early days, uh, were there some early success stories which really helped shape the business that you can tell us about?
1: Yeah, yeah, there were. We we had um, – so the business – we started the business in middle to sort of late 2019, so that's when when we, you know, we went full steam ahead with it. And, and the process for us was to spend time with some – uh, different business owners, so some home cooks, local food store owners, a couple of chefs, et cetera, to really sort of map out and understand what we call the user journey. So that's all the things that you'd need to have in order to, to run a ready-made meals business under under our batch model. Um, And so we built that and we built what you'd call sort of like a prototype um, or or an MVP. Um, And we, again, we're now talking sort of late 2019. We we gave it over or we put it into the hands of a a couple of um, home cooks that were doing their small micro businesses. And we did a little onboarding process with them which didn't take too long and then they they then started to run their businesses through through our, our platform so they went from the ways that they had been doing their business to using the Cookerbara platform and immediately the response from them was this is fantastic and it was fantastic in that it was saving them time Um, in terms of all the administration and struggles and hassles that they'd previously been having. And it was also helping them grow their business and get more customers. So we had some immediate success there. And then, you know, as we all know, early 2020, the the world changed. Um, And for us, I guess, you know, with COVID and the lockdowns, um, we're one of the lucky ones in terms of it, it, it helped us in a way that it allowed us to talk to some food business owners that might not have otherwise been particularly interested in thinking about and looking at new ways of doing things. Um, and we were able to have conversations. And, and in those early days of 2020, um, for example, we, we met with um, a very prestigious catering company in Melbourne called Blake's Feast. Um, and um, we, you know, they, they had previously, as a catering company, obviously heavy, heavily reliant on events and everything in that space disappeared overnight. Um, they had previously thought about doing ready-made meals as, as a pillar of their business but had found it too hard. Um, under the circumstances of losing all the catering side of their business, we were able to have a conversation with them. And, I, you know, as I recall, it was literally, I think, within 24 or 48 hours, we onboarded them. We'd got their recipes in, um, we'd created their first menu. They had f- communicated to their customers through social media what they were doing and they published their first m- menu and sales you know, came in immediately. And then each week since then, they have published their menu at the same time each week and their menu closes at the same time each week. And over the course of what's coming up to two years, they have grown an entirely new pillar of their business under the banner of Blakeaway. Um, they have gone from using our platform for their online orders and, and their weekly menu to now also having a store in Church Street in Brighton, another one in Armadale. I think they've got a pop-up in, uh, in Portsea over the summer months. So it's become... A phenomenal success for them, underpinned by the software that the provides. So that that was one great success story. Um, another story that we're we're really proud of is um, around the same time we saw an article written by Danny Valent about um, Andre Vignali, who was a, a chef that was out of work. Um, he was previously working at grossel Um, he was out of work, um, his visa status meant that he was getting no assistance and he, he started to make and sell pasta online through Instagram. And we reached out via Danny and got an introduction and, and we got Andrea up on the platform and I think as the story goes, you know, he came to us with $200 in his pocket. A few weeks later, he would published a menu, was making a few thousand dollars a week in sales. And then as the story goes, you know, he, he went from doing it out of his home kitchen to finding a, a, a kitchen in a, in a um, hospitality venue that had closed down right through to now where he, um, along with his business partner, Davide and, and Michelle, they've opened up uh, Al Dente on Nicholson Street in Carlton. And they've got the restaurant, they've got the food store, and they continue to do their weekly menu on on the Kookaburra platform. So in that instance, you know, we've given birth to a really successful business and enabled Andrea and his team to to create something that, you know, perhaps wouldn't wouldn't have otherwise existed or or, or would have would have taken a lot longer to build. And you know, as you know, setting up a food business takes a lot of capital investment. There's a lot of risk associated with it, but we provided a pathway that, that sort of de-risked that for him.
0: Well, let's talk. Let's look at that pathway. What is Cookabara, and, and how does it work?
1: So, Kookaburra, um is um, a platform that has been designed to provide an end-to-end solution to anyone who wants to run a ready-made meals or, or a home-cooked meals business. So. Um, what we mean by uh, an end to end is that the platform um, literally does everything you need um, to make it easy make it easy to start run or grow this type of business so um, we spent time with with you know as I said before cooks and chefs and, and home cooks, and we really we mapped out and understood all the requirements of it so what our platform does it 's the back end of these businesses um, they create ingredient lists and from their ingredient lists. Um, They create recipes and put their recipes in. It stores their recipes, and then once they've got their recipes in, they can create meals. And there's all intelligence behind this. So when you create your recipe, our system will automatically create compliant food labels, um, you know, right through to being able to schedule and publish weekly menus, um, have connection, a CRM system that keeps you connected to your customers, right through to functionality that allows these food businesses, for example, to to, – Uh, cater towards people that are on the NDIS or on home care packs. So um, that's what it does. Um, It operates under what we call a smart batch model. So every business that uses the platform, whether they're – you know, the chef that's starting their own direct-to-consumer business, the catering company, the the local food store, each one of them each week will use the platform to create and publish their weekly menu. That menu is open for a set period of time, typically you know three to four days, but it's entirely up to the the business owner as to what they think their right cycle is. Then the menu closes and and they get towards production, and and then there'll be a single point in time of of pickup and delivery. Um, so that, that's what we've built. Um, you know, it's if it, there's too many features and functions. We when we originally built it, we thought. You know, we'll, we'll start here and we'll finish here and then we'll have a finished product and of course what's happened as we've built it and as different people have used the platform and as we get to know the business owners and they give us feedback there's inevitably more and more features and functions so we've continued to build upon it in a smart way and, and when I say a smart way we really make sure that we keep a connection to the business owners and we're talking to them on a daily and weekly basis and we're discovering challenges and, and, and requirements and and then we've got a fantastic team of developers um, and we sit down with them and, and and together we you know we solve the challenges of the business owners to provide functions that um, that help them operate their businesses
0: your career took you all over the globe um, in a marketing sense with the roles of the various companies um, but there was always this underlying theme of connection like you explained with the families and your neighborhood or what sort of role has food played in your life from when you were young
1: yeah, uh, look, growing up, food was, was definitely, you know, part of my everyday life in, in terms of it was in, an important part of everyday life and, and it also punctuated sort of key moments and and celebrations, you know, the obvious things like birthdays, Christmas, that type of thing. But I guess what I remember most vividly about food as a kid growing up was was that inevitable cry of you know mum what's for dinner you know probably five o'clock every day and and that would be followed by either a cheer or a moan as 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 mum would you know tell tell us what was for dinner and if it was burgers and lasagna or a stir fry we'd be cheering and if it was fish or you know stuffed capsicum or something like that it it probably got a moan so um, you know that that was sort of how I grew up, and we we pretty much always ate um, as a family. And I'm I'm talking about sort of around the table at dinner time, and it was it was a moment to share the events of our day and, and catching up on each other's news. Um, and and it's really I guess you know you take those things for granted when you're growing up, but um, you know it was a traditional t- household and. My dad would come home from work and and mum would have dinner ready and together we'd eat. And, and in fact, I can remember dad would typically call. he, He worked in the city in an office and he would, I think the last thing he would do before he left the office each day was to call us and tell us that he was on the way home and that that meant we had 30 minutes to you know set the table and get dinner ready and he'd come in and we'd we'd sit down together and and eat as a family And, and mum was a great cook so you know the food was always good it was always made with love she would try different things um the cupboards were full of cookbooks and recipes on scraps of paper and um and that was kind of the way we grew up and i remember then you know, dinner time as a family was both unremarkable um, in, in terms of its daily routine and sameness, but but it was also, mom, you know, great moments of, of laughter and connection as a family. And, and I can also distinctly remember the, you know, the occasional fiery discussions and debates and, you know, I guess that's the beauty of coming together around food, whether it's, you know, a small family at dinner time or, you know, moments of celebration. Um, you know, it's time dedicated to connection and conversations and, Um, As a parent now, um, you know, I love dinner time. I've got teenage daughters. It's hard to pin them down and get any time with them. So, um, you know, we make it a daily habit to sit down together and to have conversation. And, you know, sometimes the conversations... Really engaging, super interesting, talking about current issues. Sometimes we're all on the same time, uh, same, same side of a discussion, and other times we're not. And, you know, even on those occasions, you know, dinner can actually be cut short sometimes. You know, when you've got teenage daughters, it might have a different point of view. But they're up and out of the room very quickly if you say the wrong thing. But, but look, you know, food, food is, food has been, um, a moment of connection and conversation and discussion both, you know, at a family level and then, and then with, you know, friends and, and, and certainly around sort of key moments. I never used to go out to restaurants either. I, I think, you know, that's probably a, not relatively new, but certainly when I was growing up, going out to a restaurant was was an infrequent thing and it was very much a special occasion. So I think for me it was, you know, birthdays, where do you want to go for dinner and uh, Remember that I, I used to always choose Rob's Carousel on Albert Park Lake for for, for those that know that. I don't think it's there anymore, but um, it wasn't about the food there. It was about the revolving floor, and that was enough to, to keep me happy.
0: Helping food businesses connect with the local community is, is what Kookaburra is all about. How important is community for Kookaburra?
1: Uh, I think community is really, really important. Um, and it goes back to our own personal experience that I was talking about earlier on with, our, well, with the home cook that we were using. Um, that connection that the home cook had with her local customers was really sort of the essence of her business. And so for us, as we were embarking on the idea of building Cookabara and looking at it as a piece of technology, it was how do we integrate and make sure this piece of technology and, and all the smarts of it still enables a, a cook, um, or a, and when I say cook, um, it's the business owner, um, but enabling the, the business owner to have that connection to their customers. So. In our platform, that's, you know, you know who your customers are. You, you see what they're ordering. You know how often they're ordered. You can see what their favourite meals are. Um, you send out your weekly menu each week and as part of sending out that weekly menu, you know, the system encourages you to write about what's on that menu or share your story or where why you're cooking what you're cooking this week. And, you know, perhaps it's because at the market you saw something that caught your eye and it was in season. So that's... That that's how we try and keep that connection between the people, the businesses using our, our, our platform and and enabling them to stay connected to, to, to their customers. And, again, it just goes back to that sort of ethos of, of food and food being a time to, you know, come together and discuss and connect and, and you know, we want to enable that um, between the person that's actually making the food and creating it and, and the person that's at the other end enjoying it. What surprised you about the journey so far? Um, in terms of surprise, look, you know, things rarely go to plan. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, one, one thing we've been really diligent about um, is the importance of having a vision and then having a plan and then executing that plan. Um, and, you know, for the most part, we've we've stayed on track. Um, but there are things that come along that, that, that are unpredictable. Um, there are challenges. But I think what's what's been most gratifying and the thing that, that has sort of driven us to keep going, not, not that it was ever in any doubt that we would keep going, but the thing that really sort of fuels us is when we get a business on to Kookaburra and remembering that, you know, we haven't been around a long time People don't know who we are. They haven't necessarily understood what we're doing. So, you know, the journey of getting someone onto our platform can be very challenging because it's not established yet and, you know, they've got to get their head around a new way of doing things. But inevitably, when we get a business onto the platform, the business owner is so thankful for what we've built, the way it works, the way we work with them. And, you know, it goes back to those stories around um, you know, Blake Away, Al Dente, but even the local home cooks that we're working with and, and the food stores that we're working with. Um, I use the word transformational. Some, some people don't like that word and it, it, it sometimes doesn't feel appropriate, but we, we genuinely are sort of transforming how these, these different types of food businesses work, how they're able to work more efficiently, more profitably, um, realise new opportunities, but at the same time, enable them to you know pursue their passion do the thing that they love doing which is most often it's the food the creation and the connection with their customers so you know, that's what we've found most most gratifying and, and thrilling on on the journey and um, you know we've got a long way to go but um, we certainly get a kick out of the impact we're having with the people that are using the platform.
0: Many people in the food industry have had to pivot and change and alter what they do. Uh, to survive in the last two years, do you, do you think the food industry will change out of this adversity? And what are some of the positives that you're seeing?
1: I, I think yes, definitely the food industry will change, and I think we're you know we're already seeing that. Um, I think from our perspective, we we thought a lot of the changes that we're seeing were coming prior to COVID, and 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 that's now accelerated. And what I mean by that is you know we looked at sort of information showing that um, busy households uh, would typically Eat meals at home during the week, but there have been a real shift towards most of those meals being consumed, uh, sorry, being purchased from from outside the home. So, I think things like those trends have been accelerated through COVID, where people were in lockdown, eating at home, not wanting to cook every day, so they started to look for opportunities, solutions, and, and providers of, of at-home meals. I think there's probably a, a reluctance to to live on takeaway every night of the week. It's just not what people want so I think the the shift towards looking for meal solutions and thinking about meal solutions um, that it's not about what's for dinner tonight but what's for dinner next week and doing a bit more meal planning and in doing that looking for local providers so rather than buying from Frozen meals from the supermarket, or, or doing meal kits. We think there's a huge opportunity for local food businesses to service their local market under under this model. Um, and I think people in the food industry, given what what people have gone through over the last couple of years, I think you know you're just you're more open minded to, to looking at new ways to operate. You know, if, if, if there's a new way to to run your business that brings efficiencies to it, more predictability to to the sales. Um, allows you to reduce waste, improve your margins. I think the receptiveness to listening to those opportunities is much greater now than it would have been if, if we hadn't gone through the last two years. And, and so for us you know that that fortuitously gives us a a platform to get the attention of, of different food businesses and introduce them to Cookabara and show them what we're doing and and then you know, hopefully get them on board and 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 the other thing we have as a business is we have a, a team. Dedicated to what we call customer success. So you know, if you do come onto the platform, it's it's not just a case of going great, we've got another one. It's a case of going okay, great. Let's make sure we understand this business, who they are, what do they need, and and then we work with them to make to make it a, a real success.
0: You took a leap of faith and and started a company that you believed in. Um, how has starting Cookabara changed you?
1: Um, look, starting Kookaburra, prior to Cookabara, I'd always I guess operated in a fairly safe space. I've I worked in, you know, large companies, um, large corporates. There was little risk associated with those positions. I think um, starting my own business um, has challenged me in ways I, I couldn't have anticipated. It becomes literally all-consuming, um, and that can be a dangerous thing because. You know, life is more than work. Um, I have a young family. I think my ability to manage my time for Kookaburra and growing that business, investing time, and investing is a horrible word to use in terms of investing time in my family, but spending time and being present with my family, and then also finding my own time for my own interests and, and mental health that that's been that's been the challenge um, and I think at times I've probably failed in that um, as in the balance has been all about building Kookaburra to the detriment of, of family and to the detriment of myself but but in in those moments I'm mindful that the balance hasn't been right and and I've got a family that will also <laughs> remind me that the balance is out of whack. And, and they're honest conversations and and when you're in those moments you you just you stop and you pause and you find ways to readjust and you know for me personally last year was was you know a very challenging exciting year I think 2022 is also shaping up that way but with each day that the business is up and running and each day that it continues to to grow and, and have success, it allows me just that little bit more time to to put back into the other things, which really, in the grand scheme of things are more important you know myself and my family um so that's that's how it's challenged me um, the, the other thing i've I've really really personally enjoyed about the experience of Kookaburra is you know it was just just you know, the founders to start with sitting around a table and then. We've built a team of people, and it's just—I don't know whether we've just got lucky. I, I don't know what it is, but we have uh, just a great team of people. And the team of people—it's engineers, so software engineers. You know, some of them are graduates out of uni. Some of them have got you know years and years of experience, having worked at places like Canberra and Atlassian. We've got people in sales and customer success, but we've just—and and it's only a small team. It's about fifteen people, but. Um, And we've worked remotely like everyone else, but it's just a great team of individuals who connect really well. They seem to love what they're doing, are passionate about it. And so I know Lyndon, Larissa and I every day are are really, really sort of grateful for for that team. And and we're also proud that, that, you know, we've been able to build it and create an environment, which to this point in time um, seems to be working well.
0: You've got home cooks and chefs and food stores all over the country using the platform. Do, do you have any favourites that you like to order from on the platform?
1: I, I do, I do, okay. I definitely do. Um, I need to be careful here because it, it's um, <laughs> we, we've 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 put a lot of money into the cooks on Cookerborough from uh, from my house. We you know whenever whenever a business comes on and they're, they're servicing the area that we we live in, we inevitably give give them a go. I think the ones that we return to time and time again. Um, Uh, there's a local cook, uh, a lady by the name of Julie. Um, we order from her every week and it's true home cooked meals. And, and in fact, Julie's interesting in that she uses, um, re reusable packaging. So each week on a Tuesday, Julie's on our doorstep with, with our order in, in, um, glass or ceramic containers. And then it's just a swap and go, you know, the next week or two weeks later or whenever we, 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 we next order. Um, and then also, um, where we regularly find ourselves ordering from, from Blake Away and, and Al Dente. They've got, they've got excellent food. Um, but there's also a lot of, you know, there's, there's an Indonesian cook on the platform that we, we order from occasionally. Um, and as I think about it, there's, there's probably another four or five that we, we're regulars of. Um, you know, because, again, it's just a great way for us as a busy house and busy family to get great food that essentially feels home-cooked, made for you, fresh, on, on the table each each week, and then there's a few cooks that we've got that that aren't Melbourne based. There's one up in in Bermagui. It's called Eastwoods of Bermagui. And I, I look at, um, it's Kelly Eastwood um, is her name and I, I look at her menu every week that it comes out and I think, geez, I wish I was up there and able to order from her food. And, and also the other thing we see with, with someone like Kelly is just um, the growth in her business and the same customers coming back week in, week out. So she's obviously doing something right with her, with her food.
0: How do people get involved with Kookaburra?
1: At the moment our our focus is on talking to the business owners so we we we're, we're looking to bring on more food businesses um, and and the way that works, if you know if you're a food business and you're interested to to know what running a ready made meals or a take home meal business looks like, you know the easiest thing to do is to go to our our website, so cookabara and and you can find out a little bit more information about us there. And, and there's some inquiry forms, and and um, you can just get in contact contact with us that way. Um, And so that's our focus at the moment and and we're you know telling our story and sharing the success of the businesses that are using the platform and then for for the customer, when I say customer, I'm talking about the person that's ordering from the businesses using using Kookaburra. We, we have a small function on our website where you can go in and, and put your postcode and you'll find the, the local cooks in your area that service your area. Um, one of the big things we've got planned for for this year is is to put more energy and time into building out that that, that feature. So, you know, we want every house on every street and every suburb to be coming to Kookaburra to, to find and connect with the cooks in their area that have you know, providing the food um, that, that captures their eye and, you know, meets their dietary requirements and, and, and their taste. So, you know, it, it's all basically off our website at the moment, whether you're a food business or whether you're looking for, for one to order from, that's that's where it's happening.
0: It's only been a couple of years, but it's been an extraordinary journey for Kookaburra so far. What, what do you love about what you do?
1: Uh, what I love about what we do is the, the, the energy you have every day when you're building something and creating something, and it's not only having a positive impact on your life, but it's having a positive impact on the people that are using the platform, um, you know that, that's that's really really energising. But but also um, the impact that it's having on on the people that either use the platform uh, in terms of the food businesses and then also their customers. Um, in fact, one of the things at the moment that I'm, I'm getting a real kick out of, we've built some functionality that lets people that are on the NDIS and home care packs purchase meals from cooks that are using the platform and we've had some some really you know emotional feedback from people on the NDIS that through our platform they're now able to access locally made wholesome food. It's delivered to their door once a week. Often it's delivered by by the cook or someone involved in the business and the connection that they get there. So it's things like that that I love. It's the the team that we've built that I mentioned that I love and I get a kick out of, of their passion and, and connection. And and I also get a a real um, i guess I get a real kick of energy around thinking where this can go and and that 's not necessarily in the sense of how big can kookaburra get, but more in sense in the sense of how many home-cooked meal businesses can now get up and running and start and, you know, this is foodies being able to start their micro businesses and provide meals to their local community or how many local food stores that, that you know, find it tough in in the best of times and finding it really tough, you know, how many of those can we get on board and show them that there's a, a new and smart way for them to, to to grow their business? They're the types of things that, that I love. Um, yeah, and, and I guess the summary of that is just, building something and the unpredictability of each day and not knowing exactly where it's going and how it's going to turn out is, is, is sort of thrilling and exhilarating and can also keep you awake at night, that's for sure. But um, but um, I wouldn't change a thing.
0: Well, Nick, um, hats off to you with what you and the team have created there at Kookaburra. It's been an honour to have you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear just a part of your story. Please keep in touch and uh, we'll catch up again soon.
1: Thanks, Huck. Great, great to talk to you.
0: This is the Deep in the Weeds Podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.